Welcome to the Nate Anderson Show. I'm the host, Nate Anderson, and this is our first episode, so we're gonna, we got a lot to unpack, though. We're gonna give you a little bit about the Cubs, some Bears, and then what I think is the worst thing in professional sports, which, again, reared its ugly head this past weekend. Uh, but we're going to start off on the south side with the Chicago White Sox, who were just recently eliminated from the postseason by the Athletics. Um, basically, throughout the season, I thought the White Sox were the 2015 version of the Chicago Cubs. You know, they're, they're playing with house money. They don't have anything to lose. Um, next season is really when people are expecting them to take a big step. Yes, they were supposed to compete this season, but no one really went into the season expecting them to win a World Series. So they were playing with house money. And I, I mean, there was times where you start to think, oh, actually, maybe they are going to compete for a World Series. You had, um, there was a portion of the season where we had, uh, I mean, there was a portion of the season where we had the Cubs and the White Sox were both the best team um, in the league. The Cubs started out the best team in all of baseball at the very beginning of the season and then came back to reality. And the White Sox, it was closer towards the middle where we were like, wow, this team is fun to watch. They've got a ace in Lucas Giolito, and then they've got a lot of really nice pieces that are gonna end up being stars in the league you you would assume uh, but people also said that about Addison Russell so so we'll see what happens but um, they had a great season if you look at the numbers there, there wasn't many flaws there it was just the inconsistency um, but I mean the pitching honestly the pitching was pretty solid the whole year they're gonna want to get another starting pitcher to match with um Giolito, they they had some solid pitching, Giolito and Keiko at the top, uh, but they're going to want another solid pitcher. Hopefully, Cease can develop into that, but we're not sure right now. Um, during the season, the up opposing batting average, they were fifth in the majors. They held opponents to a 226 batting average. Um, they were fifth in the major on offense, fifth in the majors with... 294 RBIs, third in home runs. Um, this is in the major leagues. This is including the National League. Like they were, they were one of the best teams in baseball throughout the season. Um, and then in the playoffs, they just kind of, they didn't do awful, but they had three errors in their three games. It was the most in the playoffs. Um, they had 11 walks. Um, and the but the opponent's batting average they held them down to 194. I know it was only a three game sample size, but it really wasn't awful. So this is a team to be excited about. This is a team that Chicago can look at and be like, all right, next year is the year. That's when they're taking their step. They're they're gonna be fun to watch. They've got a lot of potential start. I'm who doesn't who doesn't want to watch Tim Anderson? You know that. He's a fun player to watch. Um, on the other side of things, you have the Chicago Cubs, who again underachieved. They've been underachieving every year since 2016. They Their offense has been bad. Their offense is horrible. This year, the average for the 
Cubs offense was 220. That was best. That that was good for 27th out of 30 teams. They were awful. They batted 241 with runners in scoring position, which was 25th in the league. And that's a playoff team. You know why it's a playoff team? Because you have a stud in you Darvish. You have a stud in Kyle Hendricks. And you have John Lester who was, you know, sometimes he was good. Sometimes he was awful. You have Alec Mills who came out of nowhere and had a no-hitter. Like, who who saw that coming? No one. Um, this is a Cubs team. They, they're aging. They've always underperformed. You have a lot of big names that just, for whatever reason, they've never put it together. Chris Bryant, I am telling you, I do not believe that Chris Bryant is the same player he used to be. Not because of age, but injuries. Maybe there's some something wrong with the mental side of things. I don't know what happened, but Chris Bryant is not that same player, and I'm not sure if he's ever going to be. A player I'm not as worried about is Javi Baez. Um, this is the first time in his career, really, that he just, I mean, aside from when he first came up and was swinging at everything and striking out, I mean, he was missing fastballs. He was missing pitches that were mistakes. But he doesn't miss on those, typically. Um, he wasn't exciting. And if there's a player that not having fans in the stands hurt most, it's got to be Javi Baez because he thrives in those situations when the fans are going crazy. He thrives. Him and Wilson Contreras both both thrive. Now, Wilson got it going a little bit down the stretch, had a great month of um, September. I think he hit like 303, something like that. Um, don't quote me on that. But um, the, the Cubs offense is something that we have, we have not seen them do good since – Pretty much 2016. They were they were decent a little bit in 2017, but something needs to happen. There's too much swing and miss in the lineup. We need to figure something out. This Cub team, this Cubs team needs blown up. I don't know if that that doesn't necessarily mean a rebuild because they have so many nice pieces that they could bring back some value, bring back some um, almost ready uh, major league talent. Either bring back some players that are already in the majors, bring back some that are red, are close to being in the majors, but it doesn't have to be a full-blown rebuild. They can get rid of some players and just do a little, a quick retooling. They could be competing next year, but they need to make some moves. Do something because your window, it's closed. I'm sorry. This is a team that they can, they can get to the first round of the playoffs. They might be able to get beyond that, but they are not going to be competing for a World Series made up how they are right now. Uh, maybe you add another starter, but also they're strapped for cash. Like they, they don't have much maneuvering that they can do, but you don't need players like, like Bryant. You don't need Bryant. I'm sorry. You don't need him. I hope that he can still provide you um, something. I, I'm hoping you can get something in return for Bryant. At this point, his value dropped. But there's got to be a team out there that still believes in him some somewhat. I really like David Bodie, and I think that when your best hitter, your your most clutch hitter, 
is coming off of the bench, there's an issue. Um, so, and, and when David Bodie is your most clutch hitter, there's an issue right there alone. So hopefully the Cubs can figure something out. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not confident in them. But also, the, the thing is, you look back to 2015, you look back to 2016, and you had a team where if they get down early, you aren't necessarily worried. You know, the, the Cubs got down in the first game against the Marlins 5-1, to one, and the game was over. I knew the game was over. When they were down 2 nothing in the Mar- against the Marlins, the game was over. Why? Because the offense can't score. They can't hit. They needed a long ball. The wind was blowing in. It was going to be tough. Back in 2015, 2016, the Cubs would get down. The Cubs could be down 5-1, and you could be going into the seventh inning, but you know they're not going to give up on you. You know they're going to try hard. They're going to show a lot of effort. This Cubs team, the last few years, no, they gave up. There was no fight there. Like, show us something. Do something. Another team in the same town that makes people want to yank their hair out is the Chicago Bears. So the Bears just made the quarterback change to Nick Foles that lots of people were expecting at some point in the season. I don't know if we knew that it was going to come um, in week three, but it did. Um, And I think this helps out the Bears. I don't necessarily think that Nick is a lot better of a quarterback than Trubisky is. But I think for this offense, I think for what Matt Nagy wants to do with the offense, I think overall he helps. The Bears are 3-0. and So making this, it's been ugly. It has been, they're clear, they clearly have to be the worst 3-0 and team out there right now. I mean, if you, if you look at, if you look at how they've played, Game one against the Lions, they should have lost that game, but they they won. DeAndre Swift drops a touchdown pass to win the game, and the Bears end up winning. And Trubisky came back for that game. Um, that's a win. So mark it up. Game two against the Giants, they barely held off an awful, awful Giants team. They have no weapons. They are awful. And then last week, you come back against a a Falcons team. The Falcons can't stop anyone. But, hey, you came back. You won. That's a win. This week is going to be a difficult win, a difficult one against the Colts. But would I be surprised if they won? Absolutely not. I'm not even sure. They, they might be favorites going into that game. Um, but, you know, we, we saw this coming. I thought, I was determined that the reason the Bears signed Nick Foles was, you know, they didn't want to give up on Trubisky. Because if they were going to give up on Trubisky, there was Cam Newton out there. There was Tom Brady out there. There was Teddy Bridgewater out there. Those three quarterbacks are way better than Nick Foles. If you were serious about winning a championship and you were like, all right, I have a championship defense and I'm giving up on this quarterback that I drafted second overall 
with Trubisky. I'm giving up on him. And we have a shot at winning the Super Bowl. And you look at Newton, Brady, and Bridgewater, and you're like, uh, is there anyone else out there? Um, oh, Nick Foles. Yeah, let's get that one. No. No. You're not picking Nick Foles over any of those other guys. Look at Cam Newton. Now, the Bears, the Bears don't have a lot of a lot of weapons on offense. But the Bears' offense is better than the Cam Newton offense that he took to the Super Bowl with the Panthers. Remember, Calvin Benjamin was the best weapon the year before, but he didn't even play that season. I think their leading receiver was maybe Devin Functious. They had a decent run attack with Jonathan Stewart, but, I mean, Jonathan Stewart's not like a star running back. He's never been a star running back. But the Bears have Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. Those two are better than anybody on that other offense. You could bring in Cam Newton. and Cam's probably not the same player he was, but he's a heck of a lot better than Nick Foles. You know what Nick Foles did? Nick Foles just got hot at the right time. That's what he's done. He's got hot at the right time. He's never performed well when he's been a starter. When he started out a season as a starter, he's never finished it, I, I believe. Gardner Minshew ended up the Jags quarterback. They decided to go with Gardner Minshew over Nick Foles. Nick Foles, I, I don't think he's going to be your savior, but he is going to help with the offense. They're going to be able to do a little bit more. I'm sh- he's going to be he's a lot better of a passer than Mitch. He's going to be able to put balls where he wants to put them. Um, Allen Robinson is going to love this move over time for sure. Anthony Miller is going to like this move. Someone who had a good game um, on Sunday was Jimmy Graham. Don't, Don't buy into the hype of Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's only value is in the red zone. Where even then, if you have a big guy on him I don't know how how much of a value that is in the red zone because Jimmy Graham cannot get three inches off the ground um but he is a big body and he does provide some value but he's too slow to provide value anywhere else anywhere else on the field he's way too slow Well, the other team that's 3-0 in the division, the Green Bay Packers, in complete contrast with the Bears season, the Packers have looked great. Bears, no. But it doesn't matter how they look. They got the same record. But if the Packers are looking at the Bears quarterback move, I think they would rather face Nick Foles than Mitchell Trubisky. Why? Because the Packers have a heck of a pass rush. And Foles does not have the escapability that Mitchell Trubisky has. They get to Mitchell Trubisky and he slips out. That is demoralizing. If you keep on trying to get to a quarterback and he's able to escape, that's demoralizing. Foles doesn't have the same escapability that Trubisky has. And the thing that Foles is better at is passing. Well, the Packers have a better pass defense than they do rush defense. So if you use Trubisky to run a little bit, 
do a little bit more, uh, get him out the pocket. Maybe he goes off running when receivers are covered. That's a whole nother aspect to the game that Foles doesn't really have. Now, Foles isn't, that's not Peyton Manning out there or Tom Brady where he can't really move. He can't really run for a first down. He can, but he just doesn't have it to the same level that Trubisky does. Is that going to be a huge deciding factor? No, probably not. But the bottom line with this whole quarterback controversy in Chicago is how many times have we been talking about the quarterback controversy in Chicago? Since 2005, they've had 15 starting quarterbacks. 15. In 2005, you had Kyle Orton start 15 games, Rex Grossman start one. These are just the regular season statistics. In 2006, you had Grossman start all of them. 2007, Grossman, Greasy. 2008, Kyle Orton, Grossman. 2009, Jay Cutler, all 16 games. 2010, Jay Cutler, 15, Todd Collins, 1. 2011, you remember Caleb Haney, Josh McCown, Haney started four, McCown started two, Cutler 10. 2012, Cutler 15. Remember Jason Campbell? Started a game. 2013, this is where we have the Cutler and McCown controversy. Cutler starts 11 games, Josh McCown starts five. Everyone's saying that Josh McCown is way better than Cutler. Well, leadership-wise, yes. Talent-wise, absolutely not. He doesn't have the tools, he never did. But that was the controversy. We're arguing about Jay Cutler and Josh McCown. That's that's sad in itself. 2014, you have Jay Cutler start 15 games. Jimmy Clausen out of Notre Dame, remember him? He started a game. 2015 was the same thing. Cutler 15, Clausen won. 2016, Matt Barkley out of USC started six games. Cutler started five. Boyer started five. 2017, Mitch. Finally, our savior, Mitch. We draft him, but we start with Mike Glennon because someone decided to throw Mike Glennon out a huge contract, three years. Has anyone heard of Mike Glennon since he got that contract? No. Glennon started four, Mitch 12. 2018, we have Mitch doing 14 games, Chase Daniel two. And last year, Trubisky, 15, Chase Daniel, 1. Bottom line, they need to figure out how to scout quarterbacks. We all know they missed. They could have drafted Patrick Mahomes. They could have drafted Deshaun Watson. But it's not just that they're not very good at scouting quarterbacks. This is awful. Who's the best quarterback that the Bears have ever had? I don't really know if you can give an answer. People could argue for days. They, they, they don't, they've never had a great one. Go to the Packers. Packers have had Bart Starr, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. That argument is going to be a little bit different as to who the best quarterback for the Green Bay Packers are. Oh, by the way, since the same time the Bears have had 15 starting quarterbacks, the Packers have had six. This is why the Packers own the Bears. The Packers had Aaron Rodgers, 
Brett Favre, Brett Hundley, Matt Flynn, Scott Tolzien, Seneca Wallace. That's your six. Now let's move on. The worst thing in professional sports is ties in the NFL. That is the worst thing in professional sports. I will argue anyone on this. Yes, it doesn't happen that much. We've only had 26 ties since 1974. But recently, since 2016, we've had six ties. That's six too many. There's no reason that there should be a tie in professional sports. Figure out something. Do something. I don't care what you do. Change the rules. Change it to the college rules. I don't care. Have a field goal kicking competition. Do something. We need a winner. This last weekend, the Eagles and Bengals tied 23-23. Can you imagine? Can you imagine living in Cincinnati or Philadelphia and you're watching this game? You're watching this miserable game between two miserable teams. They're both, both teams are awful. Bengals are a little bit more exciting because you have, um, you've got Joe Burrow, the number one pick in the draft. And, and I mean, Joe Mixon is in a slouch. But overall, I mean, these teams, Carson Wentz has looked awful this season. So you suffer through this game. You're, you're a Bengals fan. You suffer through this game. You're like, oh my gosh, we can't even beat the Eagles. The Eagles are trash, by the way. They're part of the NFC least. They're trash. And um, so you, you have to watch this, this game. You get to the end and you're like, all right, well, we might be able to get a win. You know, we're facing the Eagles. We might be able to get a win. Or we're facing the Bengals. We could get a win. Here we go. This is going to be our first win of the season. <clears throat> no. Not at all. Ends in a tie. That's the worst thing in sports. Get rid of it. Figure something out. It destroys excitement. Think about it. If you do another overtime period, another quarter you're going to have an exciting play somewhere to end the game. It could be a long field goal. It could be a missed field goal, return for a touchdown. It could be a pick six. It could be a touchdown play. Somewhere in there, there's probably going to be an exciting play to end the game. You're taking away excitement. You're just like, oh, all right, we're done. Go home. All this for nothing. All that practice those guys went through all the suffering of the fans to watch this awful game to get to the end where there's no result it's the worst thing in sports what's another thing that people have said is the worst thing in sports what what else can you argue um for a long time people said steroids steroids in baseball well the thing about steroids in baseball is it didn't take away excitement it gave excitement give me my steroids back and take away the ties no, I'm, I'm not actually arguing that we should put steroids back in baseball. But if I had to pick one or the other, I would be perfectly fine with steroids being in baseball over ties happening in football. Seriously. Baseball was exciting back then. The steroid era, the steroids in baseball, the, the home run chase in 1998 between Sosa and McGuire, that was exciting. Don't confuse me. I'm not arguing for steroids in baseball. But I'm just saying, as something else that people say is the worst thing in sports, 
compared to ties in football, ties in football takes the cake. We need to get rid of ties in football. And I don't know what we need to do, but yeah, the simple change is change it to the college rules. Add some excitement. That would be even more exciting. You know, start start the drive on the other team's 25. But figure it out, man. It's been too long. And now they're even more prevalent because they changed the overtime rules. So instead, where it used to be a field goal, the first score wins it in overtime. Now it's if they get a field goal, the other team has a chance to get a field goal and tie. So then the game will keep going on. The only way to win on your first drive is a touchdown. So now we're going to see them even more. And maybe that's why we've seen them more since 2016 compared to 26 ties overall ever since 1974. But yeah, bottom line, let's figure it out, NFL. Um, That's all I got today. So thanks for listening. Again, do whatever you do with podcasts. Like, share, subscribe. Um, We'll try to get back here. Hopefully next week I'm going to try to do one of these once a week. Uh, Thanks for listening.